Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Talk, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. I expose people to magic. I expose them to something they're never otherwise going to see in their boring, normal lives. And I gave that to them. Ring Talk on Sports Byline is brought to you by the World Boxing Organization and ringtalk.com. That's how I roll. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in history. Radical people like Sean Penn and Mel Gibson and Colin Farrell and Pedro Fernandez. Radical people. Dames y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WBO Boxing Hour emanating from the Sports Byline Studios in the lovely San Francisco Bay Area straight up. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airways, having defended that title off for better than 31 years. And straight up today, we're having a blast, folks. We'll talk boxing with referee. I'm talking about one of the best ever, Pat Russell, San Diego, California, a student of the uh, great Marty Dank as far as schooling referees are concerned, but Pat Russell is going to talk refereeing and boxing for a good portion of the show. Of course, we're going to talk Conor McGregor getting licked like a stamp by Nate Diaz in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronda Rousey, killer Holly Holm. Well, she got killed, got snuffed out by Misha Tate. So lots of things to talk about. Boxing as well. Telemundo's got some fights on. CBS Sportsnet's got some fights on. Straight up, lots of boxing, lots of MMA. Open phone lines, coast to coast, just for you. 1-800-878-7529. That's one 800 878-7529. The Skype line is happening as well. The address is Sports Byline and the number two. So it looks like we're going to get some clearance here at middleweight, folks. It looks like the uh, middleweight situation is going to pan out. After Canelo Alvarez and Amir Khan fight, it looks like Canelo Alvarez is going to take on Gennady Golovkin, the undefeated warrior, of course, originally out of uh, the former USSR. But bottom line is 34-0, 31 knockouts. He's a monster. Real deal. Andre Ward back in action. Lots of things to talk about. Short segment two coming up. Pat Russell, an extraordinary referee in detail today on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. The way that you walk, the way that you talk. of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves. And the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Do you have an old car sitting in your driveway? How would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it, help kids in need, and get a great tax donation in the process? It's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800 760 My joints used to kill me. 
I'd wake up with stiff knees and a stiff back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called Oil Can Joint Lubricant. They use only top-of-the-line, all-natural ingredients, and I know many companies make similar claims, but here's the big difference. Oil can ingredients are scientifically formulated to work together faster than anything else in the marketplace. That's guaranteed. I take oil can every day. My knee pain was gone in just a few days. So if you have knee pain back pain and you've tried everything, try Oil Can Joint Lubricant risk-free right now. I'm confident you'll have fewer aches and pains within days or we will gladly refund your money. Call right now. 800-989-1795-800-989-1795-800-989-1795-800-989-1795. Now more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. Woo! It's gonna be good. Twelve minutes past the hour. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Wow. The uh, Sir George Martin, of course, the fifth Beatle. Call him which one. I always thought that Billy Preston was the fifth Beatle, but of course, Billy Preston was the guy that played uh, keyboards and things like that with the Beatles on Let It Be and a couple albums like that. Uh, but George Martin's supposed to be the fifth Beatle, and of course, George Martin's given a lot of credit for the, the Beatles' success, but. He and Brian Epstein, the late Brian Epstein, who committed suicide circa 1967, 1968, he was the manager of the Beatles, a uh, closet homosexual, and he, he just got freaked out. I think somebody was going to blow the co- blow the cover on him. He just he just killed himself. It was crazy. Anyway, the bottom line is Epstein and George Martin, those were two guys most responsible for bringing us to Beatles and getting rid of Pete Best. Pete Best was the original drummer. He was on my show, I guess, about 20 years ago. I interviewed him about 20 years ago. He was on this show. But he got run out of the band. Of course, they brought in Ringo Starr, and the rest is history. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but George Martin passes this week at the age of 90. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is open phone lines, coast-to-coast, 1-800-878-7529. It's 1-800-878-7529. Uh, CBS Sportsnet tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern time. That's 8 p.m. on the uh, West Coast. Zab Judah's going to take on Josh Torres. Why is Jab- Zab Judah still fighting? I don't know, but I don't you know. I'm, I'm of the opinion that, You've gotten one, two, three, four, four or five bites at Diablo. Okay, you've had a couple of successful bites at him. For the most part, you know, you flopped, you failed. Things didn't happen, okay? But Zab Jude has been around too long, and I think the guys that have been around too long, you know, the residual effects of professional boxing, it's like football, man. I mean, yee, football. I had to say it, football's the most dangerous sport out there right now, bar none. No doubt about it. I've always thought about it. I mean, think about it. You've got guys running at each other like at 90 miles an hour with helmets on? Something's going to give. And guess what? It's usually not the helmet, right? Straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. But Zab Jude, of course, involves in that big brawl with Jay Nady, the referee after Kosh Dudu spanked him, I think, about the second round at that fight at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas or the Mandalay Bay. can't remember what arena was, but one of those two. And he, he was picked up the stool and was going to throw it at the referee, and he was suspended and things like that. But, you know, Jay Nady's not the guy to mess with. Jay Nady's about he's, – he's a taxi cab owner now in uh, – Owns a string of taxis in Vegas. Like he broke the mafia thing down. He was the first guy to get a, a taxi cab company after the mob um, about ten years ago. Anyway, but but he um, he was in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and somebody snatched a purse from somebody at the WBC convention. And he's six foot seven, I guess six foot six, six foot seven, maybe two forty, solid man. And Jay Nady chased this dude. That's how big Jay Nady is. And he chased that dude down. He chased that dude down. Uh, did something to him that was, um, you know, retaliatory. Of re- but anyway, he brought him back, and the guy was bloody when he brought him back. Uh, I want to mention the fact that WBA president uh, Gilberto Mendoza passed away at the age of 74. Of course, the WBA is known around here as the world of bunco and anarchy when it comes to the world of boxing. But then again, they've had their funny decisions, and they've had four or five champions in one, in one particular weight class. I think right now they've got three world heavyweight champions. I kid you not. With three guys going out there recognized as a world heavyweight champion, a regular champion, an interim champion, and I believe a super champion. I kid you not. So is that, are they pimping off the title or what? But anyway, uh, Mendoza passed away at the age of 74. And of course, um, do I have a problem with the WBA and the WBC? Well, the WBC is a world of bunco and chicanery in my mind, but um, it's not the problem. It's the lack of transparency. And I wouldn't be hooked up with the WBO and Paco Vacarcel. I wouldn't have them as sponsors, folks, if they weren't as transparent as they are. I mean, I've been to conventions now for over 20 years. 
um, and I'm watching what goes on. There's nobody behind the scenes. People aren't going into rooms and, and talking and smoking and things like that like it used to be. You know, when the WBC would hold conventions like in McAllen, Texas. Was it McAllen? I think it was McAllen, Texas. Places like that. No, about a backroom deals, smoking deals, people talking to each other. Uh, I won't say money changed hands, but favors changed hands. But straight up, at the WBO, it's all about transparency. So if you'd like to know more about the WBO, go to their website, WBOboxing.com. Speaking of WBO Boxing, uh, the Ring Talk Live Worldwide, of course, we go tonight. Uh, Johnny Talkman is All-Stars at 10 p.m. Pacific time Saturday nights. Two hours of sports. Of course, have some boxing on that. MUSC as well, but we talk boxing A to Z. John Oliver joins us for a little short segment. We try to mix humor and sports and put it all together. little attitude, too. Of course, I've got the attitude. Dominic Jimenez is a straight man. Zach Attack, well, Zach's just being Zach. But straight up, those are the three of us. Johnny talking to his all-stars. 10 p.m. Pacific time right here tonight. Saturday night's only on Sports Byline. Live, the only live network host on the web, the only live show. Uh, emanating in the United States, and that's live from the West Coast. So David Lemieux, remember him? Pretty good fighter. I mean, he really was. David Lemieux's got some good moves. I mean, he think he's thought to be a possible future champion, but the chin's supposedly not all that good. So you're probably going to have to take back from that if he's trying to get his act together. Some other guys trying to make some more noise this week as far as boxers are concerned. Of course, Deontay Wilder's talking about Vladimir Klitschko and the uh, and the Tyson Fury rematch, and According to Paco Valcarcel, it doesn't look like that rematch is like set in stone. Yeah, they're going to fight, they're going to fight, they're going to fight, but they're still bickering back and forth. And I don't understand what the bickering's about because the longer that Tyson Fury stays in between fights, Tyson Fury's not one of these guys that's real well-disciplined, okay? He's a gypsy type. He's a gypsy. He's an Irish gypsy. But, um, you know, before this fight, before this last fight that he fought for the title against Klitschko, a lot of fights he showed up looking fat, pathetic. I mean, just just like... He just looked terrible, okay? Against Klitschko, he got his act both physically together and mentally together because he was able to outthink uh, Vladimir, the long champion who hadn't lost since, I think, 2004. And it's like 11, 12 years. But, you know, Klitschko didn't throw any punches. So, like, Jonathan Banks, of course, his trainer, uh, the former heavyweight contender, was on the show about two months ago. He said, you know, Vladimir's just got to throw punches. That's what it's all about. You have to throw punches. If you don't throw punches, you're not going to win fights. Really? Really? <laughs> 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Want to give props out to Joe DeGuardia. Of course, Joe DeGuardia, man, his father uh, passed away this past week. And Joe DeGuardia is a former boxer, a lawyer, and a promoter out of New York City. He's a pretty good guy. And his father passed away this week. So want to give him some props. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing. Next up, a curious guy, an interesting guy, a guy that... Guys and I go back with a long ways to talk about Pat Russell, former cop, San Diego referee, next on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, and AFN Radio. Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 
800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Tired of paying outrageous prices for prescription drugs? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get prescription drugs at huge discounts from Canada Drug Center. That's right, the most popular drugs for cholesterol, high blood pressure, depression, diabetes, arthritis, and many more are now up to 75% off. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices when you can get brand name drugs at the lowest price? Call today and get up to 75% off all the popular brand name prescription drugs. Never pay high prices again. Get the most popular drugs at huge savings from our Canadian and international pharmacies and fulfillment centers. No insurance? No problem. Prices are so low you do not need benefits or insurance to get all your prescriptions fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting to take your call now. Order today and get free shipping. Just call 800-950-1180. Up to 75% off all the popular brand name prescription drugs and free shipping. Call 800-950-1180. That's 800-950-1180. Now more Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. February 1996, Boxing After Dark hit the air, folks. The L.A. Farm, I was sitting in the first row, and this referee sprung to stardom. His name was Pat Russell out of San Diego, California. Of course, a veteran. Have you retired now officially, Pat? I have retired from the ring. I am still a uh, boxing judge. Fantastic. What was that night like? I mean, the Boxing After Dark, I, I was doing a radio show across the street, remember, coming over and sitting down there, and Jack Fisk and I were there, the old Jack Fisk. Everybody was there. Barrera was like 39-0, and 0, and Kenny McKinney had only lost one fight prior. I mean, this was a mega, mega bout. It, well, and, and the, um, you know, they had great corners. And the other thing was is that there was a lot of personal animosity, um, probably because of miscommunication. Imagine that. Um, it, during the... Uh, the way in for to his credit, I guess, or McKinney went all uh, all hoodie on um, on Barrera trying to drum up interest in the fight, and he started calling everything. And he says, "I'll make you so ugly that even your mother wouldn't recognize you." Well, Marco didn't understand what he said, so he turned to his uh, corner and said, "Kay," and his manager said, "To Madre." Well, you know, <laughs> and and God bless him, Marco turned right around and cracked him right there at the way in. <laughs> so when they got into the ring, I, you know, it, I don't know how things are, Pedro, like most of life, you know, we start off slow and then we work our way to a higher level. That fight started off in round one on the very first punch. They were, uh, they were out to hurt each other. I mean, that's, that's how that fight started. And then it went on from there and it was an experience. It truly was. Um, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'll tell you, at, at the end, all I remember was it was, you know, went to the, I think it stopped in the 12th round. I, I called the fight in the 12th mm-hmm. round when that kid had had enough. And uh, it was as good a fight up to that point as I'd ever been in. And uh, admirable stuff, wonderful stuff. Pat Russell, San Diego-based referee, former law enforcement official, is our guest. Um, and you're talking about sucker punches at the L.A. Forum. The best sucker punch I ever saw was when Riddick Bowe cracked Larry Donald. You remember that one? <laughs> I do, yes. Holy, do. was that the punch of all? Good Lord, you almost, that would have that was that was assault with a deadly weapon or whatever you want to call it. That was crazy. Sure, sure. I mean, the forum just—I don't know about you, Pedro, but you can just sit there and and, and think think of the forum, and there must have been a hundred great fights uh, that that went on there. Um, geez, Chicanito Hernandez fought out at that place. It was it was bi bi weekly boxing mayhem, no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And at the end, we had Chick Hearn as an announcer, too. I I, I have to say, one of the more professional announcers I've ever seen, he actually, what he didn't know about the sport, he went out and dug it up, and he was uh, was really a lot of fun to work with. It was just fun. I worked a couple cards with him. He wasn't a bad guy. He really wasn't a bad guy. I got a a question for you. When you look back at the Barrera McKinney fight, and and McKinney was wearing down there at the end, how do you make the decision to stop the fight? I mean, what's, what's. What's the what's the what are the factors that bring in the stopping of a fight? Well, it, 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 Pedro, you were a policeman, and I, and I would tell you this: at what point does anything become a, um, an area where you absolutely positively have to respond? That and I think whatever that trigger is, whatever that tripwire is, or whatever that fence is, or whatever your image is, once that image is reached, then without question, you've got to step in and save a life. I mean, what? 
What is lucky, I guess, in some senses, is that the referee gets to watch the deterioration process go on for, for periods of time. You get to watch them recover from certain things. You get to watch them, uh, you know, where you think that they can go. But it's somewhere down the line, you've got to have a tripwire where you say, this is enough, and I'm going to stop it. And I tell people there's two things you have to do. Number one, you have to make a decision. And number two is you have to live with it. And if you if you stop at one punch too slow, the Goldilocks theory, well, you stopped at one punch uh, too late, and this kid got injured. If you stop at one punch too early, then everybody goes, geez, he could have gone on a little further. And then somewhere in the middle, I guess, is the perfect stop. But here's what we don't know. What we don't know is the history that brought that kid to that point and that this is cumulative injury. And in my humble estimation, uh, I think when you develop the judgment that when, you're, when you decided that kid's had enough that day, then stop it. And I guess my final comment about that would be um, the great Arthur McCanty Sr. Yeah. Stopped the fight one time, and the kid looked at him. And, you know, these fighters are professional athletes. They stop. I mean, they get hurt. They're absolutely helpless. You stop and hold them for a couple of seconds. They recover like that. And the next thing you know, they're looking at you going, geez, I want to fight some more, because that's their nature. They're warriors. And this kid looked at Arthur McCanty and said, come on, ref, let me go back. I got some more. I got some more. And Arthur McCanty said the perfect statement when he said, I know you do, son, but not tonight, hmm. and stopped the fight. It was wonderful. And I think that's probably the best summary of what you do and how you do it. Uh, at the time, and the integrity of the game was that particular statement. The great Arthur McCandy, of course, the referee of the Ali Frazier fight, of course, which celebrated, I think, 45 years this past uh, March the 8th. But I got I got to talk about McCandy for a second. He was a physical freak. He had a pull-up bar between his kitchen and his uh, and leaving the kitchen, I think. So every time one of his kids came into the room, they had to pull 10 pull-ups, okay? So he was a physical fitness freak. So he and I are in Los, uh, He and I are in Atlantic City in the Sands Hotel and some health club or something like that. And we're we're having we're I'm on like 135, 140 pounds, maybe 155. Nothing, very very light. And and, and he's in his 70s or 70s, and we're doing pull ups, and he's equaling me. Wow. I did wow. 20. He did 20. I said, oh oh, wow. there's no way this guy no. And he did 20 of them. Man, he was an amazing amazing guy. Of course, passed away a couple years ago. But that Ali Fraser fight, that first Ali Fraser fight. Was amazing. Now he scored that Ali first. That first Ali Frazier fight. Should you be scoring fights as a referee? You know, no. I and and candidly, that's a whole separate discipline to evaluate what you've just seen uh, in one in one three minute uh, deal as opposed to a uh, as opposed to a referee. Now, your concerns are a whole lot different. What's going on? How do you keep that fight somehow within the level of? Uh, justice so that it comes to its natural conclusion, whether or not this kid can continue. I mean, there's a lot of other things going on, not the least of which is trying to figure out who won that round. I mean, and honestly, uh, Pedro, there's been rounds at the end of it where it was so intense, I had no idea what the uh, what the score was. I, you could have, you, I was as uh, I was so focused on other stuff. I would, if you asked me to judge, I could have given. I wouldn't have been able to give you a legitimate uh, score. I really wouldn't. I, I can't. Th- I think it was Harry. I think I'm pretty sure it was Harry Gibbs, the English judge, who was the judge and referee. I think it was him. I think he gave Edwin Rosario a fight over Cornelius Boza Edwards or some fight like that. It was in England, and 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 and, he, and, and, and Rosario didn't win the fight. But what was sort of funny was that. When the fight was over, the referee just walked over and raised the guy's hand. That was it. Yeah. I mean, there was no points, no dis- no no scores. Nothing. He won. Yep, that's well. That's England, and I think England has a different discipline. They also have a different way of bringing their officials up to their what they call their star level. And you know they they're very harsh on their judgments, and you know legitimately that uh, you know you get to a certain point, they think okay, let's try it at the next level. But for unless anything less than championship fights, it's the referee who determines that, and you know. So once you do that, you would extrapolate or put that into your game, and you would sit there and add that as one of the things you had to do. But thankfully, in this state, and certainly, uh, and I think in the United States, you don't have to do that, and I appreciate that. I think that's a, that's a separate discipline to sit there and, and say, insert yourself between the punch that knocks a kid out and the punch that does damage to a kid. That's a... That's that's a difficult thing to do. I wouldn't want to add anything else to that. You know, I was I was partners with the great Alexis Arguello and spent some time with him in Nicaragua. But I, I remember when he fought Andy Ganning, and I think in May of like nineteen seventy nine, somewhere around there at the the, the Aladdin, the old Aladdin Hotel in Vegas. 
Uh, Gannigan knocked him down with a big left to a big left in the first round. He was in the southpaw in the first and second round. But in the third round, he hit Arguello so hard, I watched Arguello's eyes spin around in his head. And then he told me later in life, he goes, it wasn't the punch that knocked me down. It was that punch one round later. Absolutely. You know I mean? So it isn't the punch that's always that knocked you down. Um, you talked about United States boxing there for a second. We're talking with Pat Russell, folks, esteemed retired referee, still a California judge going around the world, I'm sure, uh, judging fights uh, with the WBO. I saw him at the WBO convention in uh, October down in Orlando, Florida, which he, he left a day early on me. So, they, you know, that kind of stuff we didn't get to drink at the bar. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, the British, Frank Warren, probably single-handedly, he's rebuilt boxing in that country. Now, Al Heyman sort of tried to do the same thing here, but I'm not seeing the same results. Are you? Um, actually, I think it's a little premature. I think we ought to give it a little bit of time. We now have, um, at least for mainstream media, if there is such a thing, mainstream sports media, we now have an American champion, legitimate American champion at the heavyweight level. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal in the sense that, you know, professional football is a bigger deal than high school football. Um, you and I are aficionados of the sport. We, I listen. The best fight I ever saw was, um, <laughs> well, you know, McKinney and uh, and Barrera certainly would be in there. Vasquez, Marquez, Bradley Provodnikov. Well, all those are much lesser weights, and there, there's a different thing going on. But for the for the fan that's the casual fan, if there is such a thing. I think the heavyweight division is a big division. The other thing is, and I give Mr. Amen all the credit in the world is he is bringing fights back where we can watch fights, competitive fights, for free, if there is such a thing, on our on major networks. And that's that's a big deal for exposing the talent of these young men and women as they go forth in this. I think the model maybe would be UFC, which was brilliantly executed uh, by Dana White. But I, I, think it's, I think it's premature. Boxing continues to thrive. I can't tell you how many times that you do a fight and there's you know, people walk up to you you wouldn't think are boxing fans at all and have a really a very articulate critique of your performance sometimes and then certainly they would talk about the fight and and get the added in, uh, aspects of what goes on so i'm i'm thinking it's go, I, it'll never it'll never go away it just won't and i think candidly i think there's going to be a resurgence of it well, boxing fans are definitely not pro wrestling fans <laughs> hey, you know, I, Pat, I used to go out to the Cow Palace here in San Francisco and, and watch, watch wrestling for like a decade. And the little old ladies would have their own seats. They'd have their own seat for they have the seat for each match. It was like a season ticket, okay? And they sit there and kill the bum, cut them, make them bleed. I mean, these these ladies were in their seventies. I mean, oh my God, they took that stuff really, really seriously. Pat, Pat, did, you, did you ever referee any wrestling? No, 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 no. Thank you. Okay. All right. It, it, well, they, at one point in time, there were athletic commission uh, uh, referees doing that back in the day. Yeah, and the other thing was well, the reason they did that was the athletic commission ran the show. I mean, they had a, they, what they were doing was collecting their taxes and making sure it was all good. And uh, and I think the WWF um, forgotten the. Uh, I think they've got, his daughter they, now runs. They the want show. yeah. Vince they, McMahon they, wanted they, to go. He wanted to go theatrical. They took all that off the table because they really basically wanted to have their own doctors and, you know, their own choreography and all that stuff. And it's, it's sports entertainment. You know, it's not sports. It's sports entertainment. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the athleticism of, of these fantastic – I think they're fantastic athletes to do what they're doing and, and, uh, and make it over that period of time. Wow. Well, you, but, remember, you remember Freddie Blassie, of course. Oh, yeah. Freddie! I mean, you know what he did to a kid and, and – they're in, they're, he's in Hawaii. It's 1964 and 1965. He's in Hawaii with, with boxing promoter, legendary promoter, Don Chargan. So some kid comes up to him on the beach and says, Mr. Blassie, can I have an interview? And Mr. Blassie, Fred Blassie got up and kicked sand all over the kid. I wow, kid, really? Well, that's the, that was his image, you know, the bad yeah. guy image, right? So he got up there. He actually did it. So the kid's father came over and was going berserk. You know, Chargan had to break, had to break that one up. Do you remember Pepper Gomez? Sure. I mean, he's from, he died in Hayward, California, Fremont, yeah, California. Well, I saw him years, it must be 20 years ago, at Skoma's Restaurant in San Francisco. He, he was one of the Mater D's. He was, so was Pat Valentino. Really? Yeah. Well, well, well let me tell you about Pat being the a Mater D at, at, uh, at Skoma's. Um, I had won, I think, my second or third Golden Glove Championship. We had a limo, and then we were rolling around town and having drinks and this and that. And they said, let's go somewhere nice to eat. I said, let's go to Skoma's. 
He goes, Pete, man, scum, this is, you know, you, you got to have a reservation for scum. I said, Pat Valentino will take care of us. Don't worry about it. So we roll up there. And I roll in there, and Pat comes out. He goes, yeah, Pedro, Bob, so we're talking for about a couple of minutes. He goes, so so, so when you fight again, Pedro? I said, eh, probably in about eight, seven or eight weeks, two months. I think you're talking a couple of months from now. He goes, yeah, well, by then you might sober up. Okay, and I went, am I, am I that drunk? He goes, I've never seen you this drunk. Go sit down. So anyway, he went and sat me down, but he took care of us, of course. Pepper Gomez, the man with the cast iron stomach. The legendary Ray Stevens and he were supposed to hook it up in 1962 in an outdoor bout here at the Cal- uh, at the Candlestick Park, which was just raised a few uh, a few weeks ago. Um, they were supposed to hook it up in this 50,000-seat outdoor baseball stadium, and Ray Stevens broke his leg, and Pepper Gomez hated him until the day he lied. But Pepper was a good guy. I saw him, I guess, about... Mm, I guess about seven or eight years ago over in the East Bay at a shopping center. I got to say hello to him. He was like a wonderful man. Pat! He was. He, it was great. He told he, he was. He had that story. Ray Pencilneck. Um, Stevens. Stevens. My yeah. goodness. What a, uh, that goes back to the old KTVU days on Channel 2 uh, on Friday nights. That was, oh that was our big entertainment back in the day. Referee extraordinaire Pat Russell on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing, of course. 32 years now. Catch us live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, at CRN2. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, and you know it. Sports Byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barr, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline interview library so that today's sports fans and those in the future will forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV Joe, I know you don't like to talk in a moment like this, but you're getting two and a half million dollars. Will that make any difference in the way you're going to fight? Well, it, uh, it gives me inspiration to, to do a little more, you know, and to go far a little more, and I feel good about it. Now, more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. People got to understand this, Jim. Uh, we all can have dreams. But the dream will never chase us. We have to chase the dream. 
Bringing back referee Pat Russell, of course, San Diego, California is where. How did you watch TV on KTVU? Were you living up here in Northern California? I was a Bay Area kid. I went, uh, graduated from, uh, eventually from Santa Clara University, and uh, I lived in San Jose for most of my uh, growing up. And I went in the service, never came back. Wow, I mean, you know, because because Hank Renner took over, but the guy, the I can't remember the first guy. He's still alive. The announcer it was a big old announcer, and it may come to me here and there, but. But um, he wouldn't take any guff from the wrestlers, even during the act, during, when they were acting. Okay, he wouldn't take any guff from them because he was bigger than them. Okay, yep. so so I can't. Oh, it's killing me. I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, but he was the only guy that wouldn't. Then they brought in a, a guy that was a personality opposite Hank Renner that took all the smack, this and that. But th- those were good days. Roy Shire, you know, he was the guy that paved the way for Vince McMahon Jr. As far as all these different events he had, like the Battle Royal and stuff like that. That was all. That was all Roy Shire's creations. Sure. Sure, those guys were smart. They were great marketers. And, um, you know, in those days, I think boxing had a different marketing style. For the most part, in California, and in Northern California, it was Don Chargan. God bless him. Uh, arguably, uh, I still think, maybe the greatest promoter ever. And um, and in Southern California, he was all, you know, he had the, 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 um, the fights over the Grand Olympic Auditorium and Eileen Eaton and all that. I mean, this was a great state for boxing. And, and it still is a great state for boxing, but it was a marvelous, uh, marvelous time to be a kid. And I can remember going to these gyms, you know, just being a kid in the gym, you know, and, and have 50 guys in that gym at the same time, uh, sparring, working out. Uh, the CYO used to have leagues. Yep. It was a big deal back in those days. And it was, it was important. I think it was a, a great structure. And I think boxing always has been a, a great tool to learn a lot of disciplines that holds you in great stead later on in life. I really believe that to this day. I have come of the uh, notion or the belief that um, football is more dangerous than boxing. What do you think of that? Absolutely, without question. And the other, the other portion about, about that is, is what you have to do to compete at certain levels and what you have to do to your body to maintain that level of competition. And the minute you start adding weight to your body because you, you need bulk to be able to handle a 275-pound charging lineman and you weigh 320 pounds, that's not doing your joints or your uh, major organs, certainly your heart, any good. And I think in the long run now, we've made it so competitive at such a level that there is no room for making mistakes. In fact, I, I think in, in all of sports, we've made mistakes a, um, something to be, you know, you're supposed to be humiliated by mistakes. I've always thought that being a champion and what I was brought up with was that a champion overcomes every adversity put in front of him, including the mistakes of the officials. That, you know, if you didn't get the call going into the end zone, you go back, you say you missed that call uh, blue, or you missed that call stripes, you go back to the... Uh, the huddle, call it up again, maybe do a different slant. You go in there and you make that catch, and that's what, what your definition was. You exposed your character. But I think maybe it's a different different deal now because it's such a big business. It's really, in some ways, kind of like the sports entertainment business that wrestling has become for professional football for me. Interesting. I'll I, I run a figure by you. If, if 1% of the NFL players that are making all this money died a horrible death like Alzheimer's and and dementia, and, and can't walk like Jim Otto, double O, former from the Oakland Raiders Center. He can't even get out of bed and things like that. Um, if 1% of these guys were to end up like that, I would consider it important. But if the number's up around 10% or something like that, maybe we need to look at football and really seriously look at it. Well, well yeah, and the other thing is how do you diagnose it? At what point down the line do you say this is, this is important? And, and listen, this country – is famous for allowing people to take risks and for not being able to stand up when those risks have uh, detrimental results. I mean, uh, without getting political about it, the whole idea about dioxin poisoning overseas was something that literally the veterans in this uh, this society had to force the government to stand up to the uh, mistakes and to the uh, and to the risk that they gave them unnecessary mistakes as it turned out and we can go through the gulf war syndrome etc you know the business is in the business of making money they're not in the business of taking care of you over a long period of time that's not their their point that's not a profit motive that you can figure in and you know i think perhaps there's a little bit of that going on right here i mean if i'm a football player and i'm reminded of that that linebacker from uh, San Francisco, who recently retired, that kid took a look around. He said, you know what? 
this is a business decision, and my business has got to be that I've got to live to, you know, be 85 years old and be cognitive knowing what I'm doing. I decide not to be a football player anymore, and he walked away. You know, you talked about government government oversight and things like that. What about Flint, Michigan? Does that blow you away or what? Oh, oh. well, you know, Pedro, and, and I'll go back to this, and I'm sure you could talk about it. It just seems to me that when you are given a public trust, you are also given a public responsibility, and you are held to a higher standard than the average citizen in, the, in this country. So if you're a, a firefighter, you are expected to take the risk to go into that burning building, uh, risk yourself, risk your, uh, your people that you're with, to pull out somebody who's alive or to stop the fire in that structure. If you're a police officer, you're held to a certain standard, not only on duty, but off duty that you are going to be held, that your word is your bond, that what you say goes is it. Why does that not apply to, pl- uh, to politicians? Governor. Why does that apply that the, the bottom line here is some sort of business model where it's all about profit? It's not about profit. You know, I, I trust the fact that when I open my sink that I'm going to have water that comes out that's not going to poison me or poison my children. And when you fail to do that, I think that's a criminal act. Hey, I think well, that's a, hey, but as Pat- much a criminal act. As if you saw somebody that you could have rescued and you didn't, you know, it's, an, it, it's, it, it's not an act of malfeasance. It's an act of lack of being able to do what you're supposed to do. And to me, you should be absolutely held responsible. You should go to prison behind this. Well, we'll, get, we'll, we'll let this go in a second. But Governor Snyder, uh, he uh, got bottled water for all the people that worked in the state offices in Flint, Michigan, in fact, I think GM went and, went and got another water source as well, but yet the people still had to drink that water. And get this, as of a couple of months ago, they were still getting bills, Pat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were of course, because st- you know, the funding of the machine is not going to change. But you know, the fact that you violated the basic core principle of, of trust on that, you know, trust is a, a real interesting, I hope I'm not going too far afield. Uh, well, we'll, just, we'll let's just go real quick. an quickly. interesting thing. You know, when you lose it, it's very difficult to reestablish it. And I do a lot with uh, veterans coming back from war. They get, get all wrapped up because of traumatic injuries and, and uh, military trauma, and they end up in the court system. And, then, and if they do the right thing and, and respond to treatment, basically they get exonerated, go back to the day before they started. But the one, one problem we have, starting off initially and throughout the, uh, the treatment program itself, is reestablishing trust. They don't trust. They don't believe it. They think everything has got to be looked at with a jaundiced eye. And you would think in a society we would have some things that we could trust. We could trust that when I make a call for 911, some police officer is going to come and respond to my need. That when my house is burning down, I call the number, you know, firefighters show up and do it. If I have a medical emergency, somebody takes care of me. But when you can't trust that, then, you know, really it's a violation. It's as much a violation um, as any trust relationship you would have. Well, let me put you on the spot. I'm, the, I'm on the American Forces Network, which means we're in like in every military base in the, in the world right now, U.S. military base. And I got to ask you this. I'm not in favor of wounded warriors in, in these charitable pro- projects that are on the side because I think the government should take care of every single need these guys have, and people shouldn't be having to, to donate money to take care of guys and get them wheelchairs and that kind of stuff, man. The G, listen, they sent them over there, whether it was under false pretenses or not to, to Iraq. The bottom line is they sent them over there, and they're responsible for them. I don't think we should be done. I mean, I see these. I see a lot of vets in San Francisco. They're, they're homeless. They're on the street, Pat. Right. Well, Two things. Number one, first and foremost, to every person who has served at every level at anything that is service-related in this country, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a simple statement to say. Just thank you. Number, number two is, I, I don't disagree with that, Pedro. I think that's absolutely right. I think in America what we have is we have really a, a surrogate society. We don't have a participatory society. Less than 1% of this country serves in the military. It's 0.85%. That's, you know, that's horrendous when you think of the amount of work that they're doing, less than 1% do, uh, deal with it. The other thing I think is this, is that we can throw a lot of money, we can throw a lot of expertise, we can sit around and have uh, therapy sessions, and all those things are wonderful. And I think the VA is actually, in spite of itself, trying to do some really good, extraordinary measures to try and deal with the issues that are involved. But the number one thing that needs to happen is that we need – to bring our veterans home by embracing them to ourselves. 
If they don't trust, it's because they've been their trust has been violated. Let's reestablish that. If they, if we don't know who they are, let's reach out and bring them and make them part of the quote unquote mainstream America. And we're not going to do that by taking an extra five cents on our tax bill and doing it. We're going to do that. I do that as a veteran by leaning out to another veteran and saying, listen, you know, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but here's some mistakes that you can avoid. Try this one-on-one participation. And let's validate the experience by personal contact for each and every one of these veterans coming home. I mean, I would love to see a program where there would be something um, tax credit or whatever they want to do, or just an appeal to the goodness of this country by saying, every veteran that comes here, this is your adopted family. They're going to stay with you while you transition back into our society. I would love to see that happen. It happens in other countries in the world. The great Pat Russell, referee extraordinaire, San Diego, California. Now, what kind of dogs do you do? do, you, uh, do you, <laughs> talk, you talk about the dogs real quick. Sure, rescue dogs. I have uh, two golden retrievers and one um, Roddy Beagle. Okay, as my wife informs me. I don't. I'm not sure. We call her Wendy, the attack sausage. She was. Uh, she was built to be a. Um, a guard dog, and now it turns out she guards us. And, you know, she's just great. Well, all the best to you and your wife, and we will, I hope to have you back real soon, okay? I'd love to do it, Pedro. Thank you so much. Pat Russell on Ring Talk Live, Worldwide Open Phone Lines, Coast to Coast, 1-800-878-7529. This is Ring Talk Live, Worldwide. Check it on Sports Byline. Attention, if you're in the market for a power scooter to reclaim your freedom, we have great news. Heartway, one of the world's leading manufacturers, has new factory direct power scooters for as little as $39 a month. Now you can stay active and have the freedom that a power scooter can give you. For over 20 years, we've been building the best and most reliable power scooters in the marketplace. And now with our new direct-to-consumer division, we can offer you wholesale prices. Plus, with Hardway Care Service, you are always protected. You will not find a better power scooter for as little as $39 a month anywhere. And with free shipping, if you call today, you can have a new power scooter delivered to your door for free in days. Financing is easy with your credit card or PayPal credit. Call now. 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183. That's 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host. I can talk about all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball, But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days, and anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 877-663-7126 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 877-663-7126 to take your call now. Call 877-663-7126. That's 877-663-7126. Again, 877-663-7126. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I can't take it anymore. I have had it up to here. 
196. Wow, man, what a fight. The main event, of course, Nate Diaz stopping Conor McGregor, the Irish mouth that always is roaring. Of course, submission rear naked chokehold in the second round, four minutes and 12 seconds in. Conor McGregor usually fights at 145. This fight was at 170. Even after about two or three minutes of beating on Nate Diaz, who was a bigger man than him, he just got tired, and I thought he quit like a dog in round number two. Straight up, the co-main event. I'm talking about Misha Tate and Holly Holm. Well, it went down like this. Misha hanging on. Holly walking over towards the cage. Oh, it's a dog fight. Misha's got her back. Holly stands up. She's got to be careful. Misha's got her neck. Misha looking to lock it in. Misha looking to choke her out. Whoa. She's got her back. Still has it. She's Misha got it. She's tapping. She's tapping. It She's is all over. Ladies and gentlemen, referee John McCarthy has called a stop to this contest at three minutes, 30 seconds of round number five. Declaring the winner by submission due to a rear naked choke and new undisputed UFC. Champion of the world, Misha Kate. Bantamweight champion of Misha Tate. How does that sound? I waited so long to hear you say that, Joe. It's been such a journey for you. Give me your thoughts on the fight. She's capable of catching anyone at any moment, so I knew I had to play it patient and find the perfect moment. You know, she's a very calculated fighter, and uh, it's obviously a very emotional moment for me. You had amazing success in the second. When you took her down, you dominated her from the top, but then she went those other two rounds after that, stifling your takedown attempts. What were your thoughts going into that fifth and final round? I knew I had to finish the fight. You know, I had to find that perfect time. I had to be perfect in the fifth round. You know, I was, like I said, patient in those other rounds. And it's like, I might have, she edged me out in those, you know, a few of those rounds, if not three. So I knew the fifth round was important. It was about two minutes to go and look up at the big screen. And I want you to enjoy this because you earned this. You went for this. This was not an easy takedown. And she tried desperate to defend it. You scrambled behind her. She tried to stand up. You dragged her down. I mean, this is touch and go right here. You, you, you were holding on as much as you could. But when she tried to flip you over, this is really where it all came together for you. You were holding on to that neck. You sunk it in. And she tries to shake you off. And give me your thoughts. What was going through your mind right here? I thought I had to be like a pit bull on a bone. I couldn't let go of it. There was, she wasn't getting out of that one. And she tried not to. She tried not to tap. She's got a lot of heart. I mean, not many people wouldn't tap out. She went out like a champion. I have so much respect for this woman. And uh, I thank her so much for stepping in here tonight and giving me everything she had. Misha, you fought a gutsy, intelligent, strategic fight. And when you had to do it, you went for it. Congratulations. You are the new bantamweight champion of the world. Misha Tate, ladies and gentlemen. Got to give Holly Holm and Lenny Fresquez no props, folks. They gaffed. They took this Misha Tate fight instead of the big money fight horse with uh, Ronda Rousey, the rematch. Shame on them. Straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I want to mention this, folks. The passing of the great George Martin this week. Of course, 90 years old, producer of the Beatles. He was the guy. He's the, the glue that held it all together in the end. Of course, straight up. He passes away. John Lennon's gone. George Harrison's gone. Ringo star Paul McCartney. We still got, still got him. They got a tour together with Paul Cuddy. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. 10 p.m. Pacific night tonight. Johnny Tocqueville's All-Stars take off. 10 p.m. Pacific. I'm the only live show on the West Coast from Sports Byline. I'm the one who wants you. Yes, I'm the one who wants you. Oh, oh. 